0: such a, such a wonderful reading and so powerful it's interesting to share my testimony just a couple of lines of it this morning one of the things that i did when i first came to faith many many years ago is read a number of Christian books that were essentially biographies of Christians, how they'd lived, how God had worked with them. And one of the biographies that I read was of a young Russian soldier, Vanya. Did anybody ever read that book? The author was Myrna Grant. Okay, my wife has read that. I didn't, I didn't realize that. So it's interesting. We'll have something to talk about in the car on the way home. Anybody else? read Vanya by Myrna Grant. Okay, one person, that's fantastic. It's a wonderful book and in it there's a Russian soldier who is persecuted for his faith and God works wonderful miracles in and through him. But there is an incident in the book Where he is really down, really depressed. He thinks he's alone. He is on a run with other soldiers from his unit. And someone sort of nudges alongside him and says the old orthodox greeting, He is risen. And initially, Vanya thinks, Well, I've misheard. He he said something like, Will it blizzard? But no, he comes alongside and he says, He is risen. And Vanya sends back the response, he's risen indeed, hallelujah. And there is that sense of joy and peace and presence and the reality of the resurrection that breaks into his life at a really difficult time. The resurrection of Jesus makes all the difference it makes all the difference to us it makes the difference to us when we are in difficulty and we're struggling it made all the difference to these disciples here in john 20. may it make a difference for us today as we look at this together we're really going to think about two things Think about the journey that the disciples made when they were in the upper room. A journey from fear through faith to joy and peace in believing. And we're also going to think about the commission that Jesus gave then we're looking at verses 19 to 23, so just a few verses from our reading. And even then, there's so much here that we can't look at all of it, but we're going to focus on Jesus' commission. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. So the journey from fear to joy and peace, and then the commissioning. Say journey. But at the beginning of this, they are in the room and the doors are locked. And it's quite claustrophobic. We imagine this room and the disciples are there and they're behind this big heavy door and they've locked the door. Why have they locked it? Well, it's for fear of the Jewish leaders. And in many ways, they're quite right to feel afraid. Jesus has been crucified, their leader, their Lord. And it was common in those days, if there was some sort of a rebel leader and he was taken, then the rest of the group would soon follow on. They were in danger too. And so they've got very real fears. And so they protect themselves behind the locked door. In some ways, it's very reasonable, but it still strikes a jarring note in John's great resurrection chapter. We can understand it, though, because we often feel afraid as well as disciples of Jesus. There are many things that can make us feel Afraid. There are many things just in terms of our lives as we navigate through them. It may be that you're afraid as you think about cost of living and all the challenges that there are. Maybe that you're afraid about the threat of redundancy. It may be that you're afraid in terms of your family, maybe for your health. And then also we have fears that are very specific to being disciples of Jesus. Fears of what may happen when I speak up for Jesus in family, amongst friends, in the place of work. Fears as I, I seek to live for Jesus in a world that can be hostile. It's so easy to be afraid. And those fears are legitimate. Those fears are real. It's no good saying, well, don't be afraid, it doesn't really matter, it's not going to hurt you, it's not going to be a problem. Matt said it when he was speaking before, on our journeys through life, we all have things that make us feel sad, that weigh us down, things that crash in, things sometimes that are, are very unexpected, that are difficult for us. What happens when we're afraid? What happens when we are really scared? Maybe if something that we think is around the corner, we hide behind the locked door. We're a little bit like hedgehogs. We roll into a ball and we protect ourselves, you know, the, the spine sticking out. And so we're, we're afraid and we look after number one. And we don't engage in expansive mission that makes us vulnerable in the power of the Spirit. We retreat as these disciples retreated behind the locked door. But Then Jesus comes. And Jesus comes in his risen power, in his resurrection body. He comes to these disciples and it's his risen presence that makes All the difference. He comes and he stands among them and he says, peace be with you. And he shows them his hands and his side. It's really me. It's really your Lord. I am risen from the dead. And that greeting, peace be with you, is significant. It comes twice in this reading. And when Jesus says something twice, we really need to sit up and take notice. The word peace in the Greek is Irene, but standing behind this and the greeting that Jesus would have used is Shalom. The traditional Hebrew greeting. And it means far more than just our English words peace. There is a sense of wholeness, a sense of rightness, a sense of peace with God, peace with one another, and peace within. Jesus conveys peace is peace. Maybe you need to hear about that especially today. As you face your fears, Jesus says to you, Shalom, I want you to know my peace. And the wonderful thing about Shalom is that it's a peace that can exist quite apart from the outward circumstances it may be that everything is going wrong it may be that there are all sorts of struggles in family in work in community and wherever it may be struggles even in terms of your health and Jesus comes and he says even in the midst of this even in the midst of the storm you can know my peace Some of you this morning, Jesus simply wants to say, peace be with you in your struggles, in your life, as it is right now. And you see the journey that the disciples are on. They're not moving from this spot, but in their hearts and minds and souls, they're on a journey from fear through faith to joy and peace in believing. They're overjoyed when they see the Lord. And it really is the resurrection that makes the difference for them. The fact that Jesus is there and that he's alive and that he is solid and real. Why does the resurrection make the difference? Why is that the key that opens the door for them? It just shows that Jesus has conquered the greatest fear, the fear of death. And the other fears that we have, whatever they are, Jesus can conquer them as well. We think about what happens to Jesus the fact that he died, that he died a terrible death, and it looked like it was all over, but no, he was raised from the dead. The Fathers are men to his finished work on the cross. And here he is, right now, solid and real the Jewish leaders are out to get the disciples they're out to kill the disciples but Jesus is risen from the dead so whatever happens and even if that happens then God is with them and he can bring them through in Jesus there is life now and life in the age to come and they see that and their fear is conquered. Whatever happens, whatever befalls, whether they are delivered or whether they are not, Jesus has power even over death and he can bring them back and he can bring them through. That's an amazing, solid reality. Jesus Jesus here appears amongst his disciples and we, we sort of think, well, he's some sort of ghostly figure who has just appeared you've got all the walls and you've got the heavy locked door and suddenly Jesus has appeared and he's a bit like a ghost and C.S. Lewis on this passage says no no we get this the wrong way round. it's not that Jesus sort of passes through the walls or the door because he's thinner No, he embodies a heavy reality. It's the door, it's the walls that are thin. That's what's passing away. Jesus, in his resurrection body, embodies a reality that is more solid, that is more real, that is more permanent than the doors and the walls. And so he is there. And his weighty presence brings them This is at the very heart of what I want to say today, because I think there are people here who are carrying fears, fears for the present, fears for the future, fears uh, of living as a disciple of Jesus. So great that this is being live streamed and people may well be engaging with this after the event as well. And I just have a real sense that that some of you through lockdown and COVID have just been afraid to engage with a a live in-person congregation again. Maybe you've been burned by church in the past, maybe you've had bad experiences and God is saying to you this morning, You're afraid, but I'm risen from the dead and I want you to take that step over the threshold of a building again. I want you to meet flesh and blood living Christians again. Don't be afraid. Take that step. If that's you, then I I just encourage you to take that step soon as God prompts you and God leads you. But for all of us here today, Whatever those fears, then God is saying, I have conquered death. I've come back. The very worst fear that we have. And I want to encourage you to move out beyond the locked door and to know that your fears are conquered. I get anxious about things. People don't always realise that about me, but I do. And sometimes I I like to think about my fears and just sort of bundle them up and think about them and imagine the empty tomb and the resurrection of Jesus and the fear sort of rolling away through into the mouth of the empty tomb to be seen no more. God wants to free you from fear today. God wants to say, I am risen from the dead in my son Jesus and your very worst fear I have conquered and I'm alive and I am with you. If this is you and this is all that you can hear and receive today, then you might just want to sit with this and to know that Jesus frees you and releases you from fear. But for those who can handle it, there is another movement to come. And it's Jesus' amazing commissioning. So you have fear, and then there's faith, and then there's joy and peace. But then there is that extraordinary commissioning that comes. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Three things on this this morning, in fairly short order. The tenses of this statement are important. As the Father has sent me. So Jesus has been sent into the world and his mission hasn't finished. That's the point. It's not um, the Father sent me and then that's it. I've died, I've risen from the dead, I'm going to ascend into heaven and my mission is over. No, as the Father has sent me. Jesus is still sent into the world. We might think of his mission as a two-stage thing. Jesus came, Son of Man and Son of God, and he lived and he taught and he died and he rose again. And that's the wonderful gospel and that's the first phase of his mission. But there is a second phase. Jesus has ascended into heaven. The Holy Spirit has come on his people and Jesus is still at work in the world and the second phase of his mission is to proclaim and to share and to live the glorious gospel as his people. God is with us and he is working through us and actually he is ahead of us in your place of work, in your family, in your community. Jesus is already working. Jesus is at work and he calls on you to notice what he's doing to heed his voice as to what he wants you to do and get on board with that that's a huge encouragement isn't it Jesus frees us from fear and he sends us out to join with him in his work in the world what is it that God is calling you to do what is it that God is calling you to do this week as you engage with him in his mission. That's the first thing in terms of the sending. There is a second thing as well, though. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Well, how did Jesus... How was Jesus sent? How did the Father send him? What was Jesus' mission? Well, Jesus accomplished His great victory, not at the point of a sword, but as the points of the nails were driven into his hands and his feet. He was the wounded healer on the cross. And now he's there and he shows them his hands and his side and he says, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. This is a harder thing, and it's something that we need to understand and appreciate. That God sends us out in the same way that he sent Jesus out. As Jesus was persecuted, so we might be persecuted too. He sends us out not to play power games, not to impose ourselves on people, not to manipulate or stereotype, but he sends us out with the love of God to be vulnerable to our friends, to our family, to our neighbours, to our colleagues. And there will be trouble. That phrase, wounded healer, is uh, a phrase from a, a wonderful Dutch Christian who's now left us on Renewon. And he wrote about this book and how, and how our wounds, like with Jesus, can be the source of healing for others. Experiences that we've been through. The pain, the suffering, the grief sometimes. As we make ourselves vulnerable with others, so we can be a source of healing and grace for others. Perhaps... This resonates with you. Perhaps you know that you're going into a difficult situation and you're making yourself vulnerable. God says to you, well done. This is my way. My wish, my mission done in my way. A wounded healer for God. How are we going to do this? This is the third And final thing, the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. A sort of enacted parable of what is going to happen at Pentecost as the wind comes, as the fire falls, and as the disciples are equipped, filled, empowered for mission. Jesus is at work in the world and he calls on us to join with him and that is tough sometimes. He calls us to be wounded healers, to be vulnerable and for our wounds to be a source of healing for others and that is incredibly tough a lot of the time. But we are never alone because Jesus, his breath, his wind, the power of the Holy Spirit is with us and leads us forward. When I was in Leeds, I used to go and see friends who were on the northwest coast in between Morecambe and Fleetwood. I don't know if you know that area. It's not a tourist area. It's it's a fairly wild place. I had wonderful friends there. And I used to run. I really enjoy running. I know it doesn't look like it, I do, and I used to run along the sands, and it's incredibly wild and flat. You need to be careful, because um, some of the sands uh, you can sink, but I've worked out where you could run and where you couldn't, and I used to run along this place that was just flat and open, and there was incredible winds that sometimes came in off the sea. This is the point. And running into the wind, it's incredibly difficult. It's flat, so it should be okay, but it's a bit sandy, which makes it hard. And when the wind is just blowing down the, the beach, down these muddy sands, it can be incredibly difficult. And you're running, and you're just getting blown back and blown back, and you feel you're making no headway. And then you get to the point where you turn round, and you come back. And the wind is at your back and you're running, you're still moving, there's still effort, there's still a little bit of struggle, but you feel like an Olympic runner. You feel like you're setting a record here because the wind is coming in, the gale is blowing and you're just being driven along and you're setting new records. You look at your watch, are you really going this fast? Yes you are because the wind is at your back. If you're running into the if you are doing it in your own strength, your own power, then it's a battle and a struggle. But if you have the wind at your back, if you are filled with the Spirit of God, if the Spirit of God is driving you on, leading you on, then we are still engaged. We are still running. God still calls us to put the effort in, but he comes and he strengthens us and he leads us And he drives us forward. Wounded healers, is it possible? Yes, in the power of the Spirit. Joining with the mission of God in the hard places, at the cutting edge where it is tough, where there is a spiritual battle going on. Is it possible, really? Yes, because the Spirit of God, the wind, the breath of God, the power of Jesus is with us freedom from fear, when what we're facing is so difficult. Is that possible? In our own strength? No. In the strength of God, with the breath of Jesus breathed upon us, driving us forward, leading us on, then it is gloriously and wonderfully possible, because in the strength of God, all things are possible. The risen Lord Jesus makes the difference. One further thing. I wonder if some of you are sitting here thinking, well, this is all very well. It's all very well for these disciples in verses 19 to 23 because they saw Jesus. Jesus was there and he stood amongst them and he embodied this new reality. He was solid, he was real, they could touch, they could hear. Thomas, later on, puts his fingers into the marks in the um, wounds and puts his hands into his side. It's solid, They they could touch. Jesus was there with them and we don't have that This morning okay for these disciples. They can be released with fear. They can be empowered. They see him beyond a shadow of a doubt. Jesus is alive. We don't see Jesus in the same way. You may sense his presence as I do right now. You may sense him sitting there at home. But we we don't see him. We can't touch him in the same way. But listen to this as a final thing. The very last verses of the reading that we had. Thomas is there and Thomas is basically saying, unless, unless I see, unless I can touch, unless I can do this, I won't believe. And Jesus comes in his grace and mercy and Thomas says the great confession, my Lord and my God. And we think, wow, so envious of Thomas, so envious of these disciples. If only I, we could have been there. But then, Jesus says this, verse 29, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Later on, the apostle says, These things are written that you may believe and by believing have life in his name. Life now and life in the age to come. But verse 29, one of those amazing verses, they don't come up so often, but they do come up every now and again. Jesus speaks not through, not to the disciples who were there first and foremost and then the word comes to us uh, sort of second hand. No, he speaks over the heads of the disciples And he says, disciples, this isn't for you. Apostles, this isn't for you. This is for those who will come after. This is for those like us here today. You're not going to see in the same way, but if you can have faith, if you can believe that these things are true, then you are doubly blessed, more blessed even than the apostles who were there. They believed because they saw without seeing if we have faith, if we put our trust in Jesus, if we lean into him and know that freedom from fear, then there is a double blessing for those of us who do not see. Do you want that blessing this morning? Do you want that freedom from fear? Do you want to be released into mission and ministry in the power of the Spirit? Jesus says, this is for you. If you will reach out again today and believe. Let's be quiet together for a moment. can lead us in to a prayer. And just the opportunity for some ministry this morning in a sense that God has been speaking to people about fear and wanting to set people free and wanting to lead them forward in mission and in ministry. And it's the opportunity in a little while to come forward and just receive prayer. And just ask uh, the bands uh, to come back. Get ready, that would be great. Oh, Father God, gracious God, we thank you for the resurrection of your Son, the Lord Jesus. Thank you for the transformation that these first disciples experienced. The fear of the locked door and then that releasing. And Lord, all the things that they were afraid of, they were still there. The authorities were still out to get them. The Jewish leaders, the crowds, the Roman authorities, they were right in some ways to be afraid, but they had grasped a bigger reality, a larger hope. They had been freed from fear because your son was risen from the dead. And we pray that you would impress that on us today, in a new way, in a fresh way, the new reality of Jesus risen from the dead for us. And Lord, release us for ministry and mission in the hard places, in the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen.